You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, the goal for today is very simple. Number one, we're going to go through and look at what happened in today's, or yesterday's, I guess, training camp uh, thing. Number two, I want to look at what it is we need to see going forward from these from each of these guys, right? We've seen the good, we've seen the bad. What else do we need to see, if anything? Spoiler alert, what do I need to see from Rodgers? Nothing. (laughs) I don't need to see anything from Aaron Rodgers. Just stay out of the way, stay healthy. Don't, you know, do anything crazy. Be careful on that scooter, man. That's about it. And I'm going to start off the show with a reminder, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Get all the goodies out of the way first. But anyways, why don't we start with Matt LaFleur's press conference. Uh, speaking on the whole Zach Tom at left guard thing, not surprisingly, Matt LaFleur basically just said, you know, we're just trying different combinations, nothing crazy, which kind of makes sense, but kind of not. I get it. And I know that's going to be his de facto answer. No matter what, anytime there's a shuffling at the offensive line, that's going to be the answer. We're just trying stuff, man. Don't worry about it. Still wondering why trying that one thing. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys who have not tried a lot of things. And so, you know, I know the coach is downplaying it and usually, you're going to get roughly half the fan base that's going to take that angle and be like, dude, just who cares? It's He just said they're just trying stuff. Why can't you just accept that? Okay, you tell me when we see George Moore taking center snaps, or how about Sean Ryan getting a first-team tackle look? How about Jake Hansen at tackle? Have we seen Caleb Jones at guard at all? What about Ty Clare? You know what I mean? There's a lot of combinations, but there's been consistently one way that we've run the offensive line. You can't have it both ways. This is the way we do it. This is first string offensive line. This is second string offensive line. That's just what it is every single time, every single week. And then all of a sudden you throw this curveball and it's like, yeah, that's what we, we're totally just always mixing stuff up and trying different things. Yeah, but you're not though. You kind of are, but you're also kind of not. I mean, there's a general structure to this and this is well outside the structure. This is like training camp 15 now. Full disclosure, I've given up trying to track it. I'm just burned out on it. It's a fun exercise. We get the general idea. Now that we got the preseason in here, I think we've I think that's enough. But this is outside of the structure. We've never seen this before. And so it's worth asking, what was the thought process? Because it was a, a conscious decision. I want to try this one person at this one position. Why was that the decision? So I'm just wondering. And so if you don't want to say that's fine, but don't buy into the deflection as though that's just it's just completely random. They're out there just flipping coins. And it just happens to fall the exact same offensive line every single time. And this time it just fell slightly different with Zach Tom at left guard. But otherwise, yeah, still just completely random. We just mix and match and try every single combination we can. No, you don't. They're trying different things, but there's also deliberate, there's a deliberate reason for every single thing that they're doing. And all I'm trying to figure out is what is that deliberate reason for taking Zach Tom 
and putting him on first team left guard. That makes sense? Uh, mentioned it was nice having the guys back, kind of a shot in the arm, getting people juiced up. Not much more to say about that. Uh, Juwan Winfrey is officially back at practice after missing yesterday with a groin injury, so we're slowly continuing to get these guys back, which is great. By the way, today, the 16th and the 17th, we get joint practices with the Saints. So today for me, yesterday for you, the last time that the Packers are kind of out there by their lonesome, so things are going to start to get heated up. Um, Outside linebacker Randy Ramsey was officially released. The roster does need to be down to 85 by, I guess, today at 3 o'clock Central Time. So this is a move in that direction. Seems kind of odd, but I have to assume the injuries play a part in it. Um, you know, just just looking at, I, I guess it doesn't have to, but it seems unusual that that would be the guy that's lowest on the totem pole as far as no chance of making the team. You know, Kobe Jones is ahead of him. I mean, I guess he did get a sack in the game, so there's that. But I, I think it's a combination of things. There's a really good chance he's not going to make the team. He's been injured, I think, several times. He got injured, he came back, he got injured again on that ankle. And so they decided to start the, the cutdowns with him and start moving in that direction. Um, practice was basically just a jog through, so nothing super crazy. Dominique Daphne was back at practice. Tipa Nalii was back at practice. And I think one of the more exciting things that I saw in this whole process was the Packers. It's funny because they had a jugs machine and the thing was a complete disaster. I don't know exactly what was wrong with it, but the coach was furious. And then he comes out and says that we need a new machine. And um, if you know of one, you know, name your price because there's no price that's too much or whatever. And sure enough, they go and get like the top of the line. This thing has got, I saw a video of it. You can program in basically quarterbacks. Now, I don't know if you can actually do quarterbacks or, or if, if those are built in or if you have to pre-program, but basically you take the information in. He said, by the way, Adrian Amos has his own unit. So what Amos will do is he will plan a route and then you build in the release time, I guess, as well as the, the speed that the ball travels so that you can basically simulate a Kirk Cousins pass on a particular route. And he goes out and practices it. He practices against Kirk Cousins and he can do the same thing, get all the data and analytics that you can about Justin Fields and you program. And, and think about how beneficial that is for, for everything. I mean, if, if every one of our jugs machines was like one of these, for each of our opponents, when we go up against Kirk Cousins, every single ball that comes out of that jugs machine should be a Kirk Cousins ball. When you go up against Justin Fields, everything should be a Justin Fields ball. It's a minor thing, I'm sure. A, a, a ball's a ball, but it, it does make a difference. I just think it's cool, man. I don't know. Maybe it's overkill and stupid, but I think it's pretty awesome. Just the fact that you can like program in routes and everything else, you know? Um, 11 on 11 jog throughs, the offensive line from left to right, Nyman, Runyon, Myers, Newman, Jenkins. So... Kind of, as I was saying yesterday, makes the most sense. By the way, just the fact that Jenkins is in there makes me so happy I'm ready to cry. But um, <laughs> it kind of is, is as I expected it to be, I guess. Um, I, had, I had said initially, and I don't know, maybe I said the exact opposite yesterday, I don't know. But at some point between this and Packernet After Dark, I had came to the conclu- come to the conclusion that if Jenkins is ultimately going to be the right tackle, in other words, when David Bakhtiari comes back, that's where he's going to be, put him out there now. And then you kick Royce back inside to guard. You have uh, Yash, who's got experience at left tackle, over at left tackle. It kind of makes sense in that regard, especially since left and right is not that big of a difference anymore. Insofar as it used to be all the pass rushers used to come off the blind side of the quarterback, that's not necessarily the case anymore. Uh, Christian Watson was out doing some work with uh, 11-on-11s, which is great. Darnell Savage is still out, so Vernon Scott is still that guy next up. He was with the ones. Aaron Rodgers' first two throws to rookie wide receiver Christian Watson were deep balls, but don't get too excited. It's a jog through and there's no real coverage. 
oh no, I'll get excited. Don't worry about it. According to Bill Huber, he says this is jog through, so whatever, but Rogers getting balls to Watson frequently. So there, it seems like they're trying to get him up to speed quickly, as best as they can. Again, it's jog through. This via Mike Clemens, he says, Aaron Rodgers into the wind, 45 yards downfield on a post pattern to number nine Christian Watson money. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just get excited. I don't really care. I don't care what you tell me to do. Rodgers rainbows a deep pass to Christian Watson in the end zone. Stokes stayed with him to emulate pressure. Just baby steps for the rookie in his second practice this camp, but good ones. Listen, all I care about is that the ball's getting to his hands. <laughs> you know, If he's running and he's running the right route and Rodgers gets the ball there, that's great. We'll worry about his ability to get away from corners uh, after the fact. But if he's running the right route and Rodgers is able to get the ball there, which was a struggle with MVS, I'm going to call that a win. Next play, Rodgers hits Robert Tunyon in a tight window over the middle. Quarterback slowly but surely working guys back in off of Pup. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Robert Tunyon all on the field at the same time for jog-through reps with the starting offense during team period. Can I explain to you for five seconds how excited I am to hear all this? With Elton Jenkins at right tackle, you're telling me that the offense right now is Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Robert Tunyon. I understand it's jog-throughs. I understand that week one, that's probably not what it's going to look like. I'm just trying to explain to you that I'm freaking excited about this, all right? I am so jacked up. Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, and Josiah is another skill group with the ones on the field together. Amari Rogers and Tyler Davis running with the ones today also. So pretty much everyone's getting run through. Still, just that particular package, dude, I just want to see it so bad. I just want to see it. By the way, going through the notes and whatnot, one of the things that keeps coming up from uh, Packers people on Twitter or whatever is uh, Trevor Penning. There's been a lot of talk about Trevor Penning. He is currently, I believe... Let me, let me check right now just to see where he's at. So via our lads, he is the second team uh, left tackle. Either way, he's going to be getting plenty of reps against the Green Bay Packers. Um, couple notes. Number one, dude is a hothead. And I like that about him when he was in, in college, but it sounds like it's becoming a problem. He's started multiple fights in his own camp and whatnot. Very good chance if he's willing to throw hands with his own teammates, he's going to try to do that with the Green Bay Packers. The other thing worth noting is that as a pass protector, he's kind of garbage. <laughs> um, I, I think the proper term is, is he's raw. Um, very good run defender, needs a little refinement as a pass blocker. But the point is, if you put the little pieces together, um, as best as I can tell, he's probably going to get worked over pretty good, by at least in camp, by guys like Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. And there's a good chance he may get a little frustrated and get a little bit chippy. And I don't know, maybe I kind of look forward to that a little bit. Then come game time, he's going to be going up against, you know, hopefully, Tipa, Kingsley, Garvin, and hopefully he gets made to look stupid. I, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm, I'm just anticipating this kind of being a buildup. And, and the, the, the positive and also the negative is if it does get that level of heated, now it's not just about evaluation. You want to crush the Saints in a preseason game. And... um I hate to add that level of pressure to it, but I'm 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 just I'm just saying. In fact, the Packers are starting to get warmed up a little bit for the uh, incoming team. Um, Royce Newman takes a tumble during jog through, and Jake Hansen takes exception. He gives a strong two-handed punch to the chest of outside linebacker Kobe Jones, who gives one right back. Just getting warmed up for joint practices tomorrow. So, yeah, that's that's sort of my takeaway too. Also, some really random questions about Pat O'Donnell. Um, apparently Jordan Love was filling in as a holder today for new kicker Ramirez Ahmad. Uh, Pat O'Donnell was not seen out on practice today, so I don't know what that's all about. 
But anyways, let's just take a break here because it's like I said, I want to run through the roster and just kind of give instant reactions for each player and, and what it is we need to see from them moving forward. Why don't we take a break? We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's start with the quarterbacks, um, because it's very simple. Aaron Rodgers and Danny Etling, I don't care. (laughs) I genuinely don't care. Um, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to do much outside of training camp. Um, And even if he came out in training camp and just threw like seven interceptions and went inside, I wouldn't care even a little bit. I just wouldn't. I mean, if that happened for like two to three days, it'd be like, all right, is something going on? Did his cat die? I don't know. Does he have cats? Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. I'm not worried about it. And Danny Etling is not going to be the starting quarterback. And Danny Etling will always be the guy that if it gets to the point where Danny Etling is a starting quarterback for the team, the season's over. That's always the case for your third string quarterback. And and many times for the Packers in particular, that's the case with your second string quarterback, probably for most teams. I mean, heck, half the league, even their starting quarterback is a disaster. For the other half, yeah, if you lose your quarterback, you're probably in trouble. So it doesn't really matter. Jordan Love, though, and I've said this a bunch of times already, so I'll just reiterate it. I just want consistency. I loved people always. It's funny that the Jordan Love haters love to point to his college tape. Like, dude, if you watched his college tape, you would have known. No, I don't think that's true. First of all, I know the Packers would disagree. They literally drafted him in the first round. But one of the things I loved about him was his ball placement. I just I thought he was so just robotically perfect 
I mean, his ability to throw on the run, these pinpoint passes, and just, you know, even on seemingly easy passes, just getting the ball exactly where it needed to be was so incredibly impressive. And again, I, I genuinely believe had he been slightly more accurate with those passes, it would have been significantly less drops and interceptions. I'm positive not all of that was his fault. I'm sure some of it was the receiver's fault, not running the right way. Some of it is guys getting tugged on by defenders and all that. That's fine. I'm not saying every single thing was his fault, and he did have some good passes. But just, just, and that's what's most frustrating is it, it wasn't that bad of a day. It wasn't like he just made just horrific decisions. He didn't. He didn't, I don't think he made one horrific decision aside from the pick to Amari, and even that was marginally horrific. <laughs> marginally bad, I guess. Just shouldn't have done. He, he believed in himself a little too much on that and his relationship with Amari, that I'm going to throw it before he comes out of his break and hope that he comes out at the right time and doesn't get stuck and is able, just pops right out, catches a pass. It'll be beautiful. That didn't happen. The frustrating thing is he was so close to having not just his best day, but probably the best day of any quarterback in all the preseason. And Romeo Dobbs, too. That would have been the duo in all of preseason. We To this day, we would be all sick to our stomachs hearing about Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs. Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs. I'd have to sit here on the podcast and be like, look, guys, I mean, it, let's, let's be honest. It was awesome, but we got to calm down a little bit. It was one time. Let's see if they can do it again here. Let's just slow down a little bit. He was inches away from that. Inches away from having that. And, and as a result, there's every reason to believe that they can have that again against the Saints, but he's just got to tighten it up a little bit, just a fraction. And I think that he can orchestrate a really good Green Bay Packers offense. But as it stands now, it's not a very good Packers offense because that fraction is in the wrong direction, and it makes things kind of good, kind of okay, but also kind of like, yeah, it was fine, I guess. Those fractions are the difference between a catch and a non-catch, a 75-yard touchdown and an overthrow. The ability of the receiver to either catch it or, you know, if he does catch it, turn and run or have to perform this weird spinning move and then get hit right away. In other words, you know, first down or not first down, five yards or zero yards. Precision. Um, Running backs, Jones and Dylan, I don't really expect to see. Kylan Hill is still on pup. Dexter, I just want to keep being Dexter. I don't think the guy, again, has much of a chance of making the team, but just keep being that guy that grabs the ball and runs for it. I mean, in all honesty, what I think a lot of these guys need to show is beyond the running ability. Dexter with his hands and with his blocking. Same with Tyler, Tyler Goodson. I see both of those guys as really good runners, but you need to show a little bit more. But ultimately, just keep being that guy. Patrick Taylor's got to do anything. He's too much of an upright runner. Um, didn't really show anything as a runner this past time around. Didn't see anything as a receiver. He dropped his one pass. Again, I wish Jordan Love had thrown it a little better. Maybe the, the running back ran it a little too flat or something. I don't know. But he's got to show anything. Uh, and B.J. Baylor, I feel like, is good at everything but running the football. Uh, I thought he was, you know, great on that wheel route. Good good receiver. I've seen some good notes about that. Great blocker. But I, I, I don't see him as a super dynamic runner. If you can add that, though, he's got all the components he needs. All right, so, so that's the running backs. Patrick Taylor needs to do literally anything. Dexter needs to show more than running, but also just keep running, man. It's like Dory. Just keep swimming. Just keep running. Tyler, add to the repertoire. BJ, run better. I don't care what PFF says. You don't excite me as a runner. Do something cool, man. Do a trick. Tight ends, you know, it's hard to come down on Josiah. You know, my, my first reaction is, come on, give me something cool. But he was open a few times and the ball didn't get to him few times it did get to him I don't know let's just let's just do a second take on on Josiah I like the increased usage he's out there a ton 
doing all kinds of stuff. He's, he, you know, that's the thing. You got to remember, he's not a wide receiver. So it's not just a matter of throw and catch with Josiah. There's the blocking element. There's all, all kinds of stuff going on behind the line of scrimmage. He's tight end, wide receiver, fullback. So I don't know. I, it, it, it almost feels like Jordan Love a little bit to where it's like, I feel like there's something close, but we're definitely not where we need to be in terms of being someone that we can get excited about. You're just kind of a guy, you know? Like if you were an undrafted free agent, I'd be stoked about Josiah DeGuara. But third round pick, yeah, gotta give me a little juice, man. Tyler Davis, show me what the hype was about. You should be out there like making Robert Tunyon look like a punk. You're supposed to be doing like diving catches and backflips and drop kicking guys. I don't know. Do something cool, man. I, I, all the hype I've been hearing, I don't understand. All I remember seeing from you is watching a football hit you right in the forehead. And that's, that's the only thing I remember from last week. Uh, Daphne, I don't know. I kind of like keeping my expectations low for him because he consistently exceeds them, and I think that's kind of cool. Team loves him. Just keep doing your thing, man. You'd be all right. And then Sal Canella and Alizé Mack. It'd be nice to see you once. You know, Sal's kind of a receiving type. Go catch a pass. Doesn't ultimately matter because I don't think they make the team, but, you know, do something cool, I guess. Wide receivers, and I don't know who's playing, but if Sammy's out there, it'd be nice to be able to see some kind of a, a rapport connection with Aaron Rodgers. Lazard and Cobb, I don't massively care, even if they, whether they do play or don't. You know, we kind of, I feel like we kind of know what they are. Amari, I want to see him beat a guy. I just want to see him beat a guy clean, get open, catch a pass. I don't care if it's an eight-yard pass or a 60-yard pass. Just beat a guy clean. And I'm, I'm certainly not implying he can't. I'm just saying we didn't see it, and that's what I want to see. Because the run after the catch, break and tackle stuff, wouldn't mind a little bit of behind the, the, the line of scrimmage action. But again, all this is kind of accessory things. I want to see you be a really good wide receiver. I want to see you get in the slot, shake free, come in on a slant, and just catch one for a quick eight yards and just go down. Boom. Easy. Just shaking them off of you. Romeo, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, you just got to make sure you catch them. Just catch them. Even if they're not super on target. Because I came down hard in Jordan Love, but at the end of the day, you got to catch that, dude. I don't care if it's not a perfect pass. That's your job. Sometimes your job is to bail out your quarterback. And I've seen way too many drops. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep destroying everybody. Because I'm not even kidding. If <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, he could have had 250 yards and three touchdowns. But he already had. What, what, how, how many yards did the guy have? Or no, I, I was saying he could have had 150 yards. But he would have had nearly 150 yards just with that one touchdown. Either way, call it whatever you want. Would have been crazy. So just keep doing what you're doing. Try to catch it. Watson, I don't know, man, do anything. Um, probably too much is going to be expected of you, considering you've, you know, again, these guys have had not only one preseason, they've had like 15 training camps to work through. Watson has had zero. So a little bit unfair to, to expect too much of him. But I know for a fact, if he goes out and doesn't have a single catch, we're going we're gonna to have to endure so much, just like we are with Jordan Love and his three interceptions. Every single thing that goes wrong, we're going to have to just deal with it over and over and over and over again for the, at least the next week. And so, you know, one target, zero receptions, and a drop as a stat line, that's not going to be okay. But, you know, ultimately, just I think the biggest thing is I, I would love for you to just be able to go out and beat some guys, you know? If the communication isn't perfect, it is what it is. You know, you didn't quite run the route at the right angle, whatever. I mean, that stuff's going to happen. It's going to take time. Plus, it's Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers, so whatever. But I, I tell you what, I, I'll survive the onslaught of, ha-ha, Christian Watson sucks. I can't believe you didn't get picked. Duh, 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 duh. 
if we can go back and, and people are posting on Twitter highlights of you, you, you just crushing people, just beating them clean off the line. You know what I mean? If you can do that, I don't really care about the box score. I'll live with it. Um, Ture, I would say just keep doing what you're doing, man. I think Samori looks solid. And again, I don't know that there's a job for him to even win, you know, but I think he's making a real great case for himself down the line. And ultimately that's what matters. At some point, we're not going to have six, seven, eight guys that are all fighting for a spot. And when that time comes, probably next year, I would really love to find out that we knocked it out of the park with our seventh rounder as well. Even as like a solid number three, you know what I mean? So just keep doing what you're doing. Same with Danny Davis. I mean, I can't complain about a single thing. So Juwan Winfrey, Malik Taylor, Ishmael Hyman, I got nothing. Ishmael, I mean, special teams is going to be your jam. You know, do do something on offense too would be great, but that's going to be it for, for him, you know? Try to do something cool. Offensive line. Honestly, not a very good day for Yash Nyman. Um, everybody else on the offensive line seemed to excel at least in one area. Yash did not. He had a 60 run blocking grade, a 43 pass blocking grade, gave up two pressures, uh, 55.7 overall grade. Not fantastic. Last year, just for reference, his preseason grades, 81.5 overall, 82 run blocking, 73 pass blocking. So not a super great showing. So he just needs to be better, especially as a pass blocker, because if you're going to be the left tackle moving forward to protect Aaron Rodgers and you're going up against the 49ers backups and you give up two pressures, um, that's not great. So Yash needs to have a better day overall, but primarily you got to just lock it down on that side. Uh, John Runyon, I don't know that I really need anything different. John is what he's always been an elite pass blocker and a subpar run blocker. Obviously, I'd love to see some growth as a run blocker. But if we're just being a little bit more realistic, I just want him to stay the exact same guy. If you can stay an elite pass blocker, 87.1 overall grade, giving up no pressures, you know, I'll I'll get over it, man. You know? <laughs> I I yeah, I okay, do better as a run blocker. There you go. There's the thing. But really, it's one of those things where it's like are you sure you want to change him or would you like to just keep him the same? If you could just lock him in place, I'm just going to lock him in place. Premier pass blocking left guard, yes please. Josh Myers, exact opposite. In this case, I do want it to change a little bit. I'm I'm beyond excited that the guy got a 93 run blocking grade. I mean, elite, elite, elite. But you do have to be a better pass blocker along the offensive line. It wasn't bad. I mean, I'm, I, it's nothing wrong necessarily with a 65 overall grade, but... Um, yeah, let's try to let's try to try to pump up those numbers a little bit. Royce, I mean, he was a mediocre run blocker and a subpar pass blocker. And again, pass blocking is the most important thing, and that that's what needs to improve for him. But overall, just just be better, you know. I mean, if you end the day with like an eighty-five run blocking grade and a fifty-five pass blocking grade, I'll call that a win, just because at least you you crushed it somewhere. As for Elton Jenkins, I don't know, man. Just be healthy. I'm not going to overreact to one subpar day. So if you, if you want to just kind of ease into it, I'm not going to be super upset about it. And, and because I can hear the people in the background saying, oh, you're overreacting to everybody else. No, I'm not. I'm just saying what we've seen so far and what it would be nice to see as improvement from preseason date from, from week one to week two. That's all we're talking about. Beyond that, for a lot of these guys, it's an extension of what they've always been. Right? John Runyon, yes, that's what he did in week one. But that's also what he was all last year also as a pure pass blocker that can't run block. So it's just, I'm just saying I'd like to see growth. That's it. I'm not locking anybody in anywhere. It's going to sound a little bit biased, but I don't want a single thing to change about Zach Tom. 
I mean, if, if you want to go ahead and improve on what you did, that's fine. But the most complete offensive lineman um, of anybody on this team, 78 run blocking grade, 75 pass blocking grade. He didn't have a blemish, didn't give up a single pressure, nothing bad, period. I cannot ask for that to improve. So the biggest thing is just don't regress. Don't allow one of these things to drop. Just keep going in there and crushing it. And, and here's the other thing. Maybe this is part of the reason why Zach Tom's flying up the depth chart right now, and they're trying to find a spot for him on this offensive line. This is why he's getting reps with first-team tackles, first-team guard. Maybe it's because he's just freaking good at football. You know, again, don't want to overreact to week one or anything, but maybe, just maybe, the guy's freaking good. Jake, good run blocking, bad pass blocking. That's got to get changed up. Fortunately, last year he was the exact opposite, so every reason to believe that he can, but you got to kind of make sure you don't start... You know, again, the most important thing is keeping Rodgers clean if you want to have a job on this on this team. So um, Jake's making strides, though, man, making real big strides. And to come in as a, like, <laughs> third-string center and then the next year basically be a starting guard and to come in and have a 73 run blocking grade, which is solid, and, and his pass blocking was a 59.5, basically exactly average, there's nothing really wrong with that. I mean, it does need to be better, but... Um, Making some moves, man. Michael Manette, unfortunately, he didn't play very much, but it was just kind of brutal for him. The, the good news, I guess, is he was significantly better than last year with Arizona. Arizona, he had a 23 overall grade. For the Packers, it was a 61. His run blocking grade went from a 51 to a 62. His pass blocking went from a 0 <laughs> to a 47.8. So I'm going to go ahead and call that progress. So keep progressing. That's it. For Cole Van Lannen, Actually really happy to see what he was able to do as a Wisconsin Badger who as a rookie came in and was really good as a run blocker and terrible as a pass blocker. You kind of look at that and go, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? That's what these big old Badger boys do. Six foot five, 312 pound, you know, guard. He's going to come in. He's going to just knock people on their back. But as a more nimble pass blocker, probably going to struggle. Well, week one for us, 81.1 pass blocking grade. The run blocking grade wasn't great, but I have no real concerns about his ability to do that. So honestly, I just want to see that number stay up. That's the biggest thing for sure. Sean Ryan, um, bottom line, he had an abysmal pass blocking grade, and that's got to be a lot better. I, it's, it's, it's bad enough to where it's not even worth mentioning how good of a run blocker he was. It's nice, but if, if that's where we're at pass blocking, it's never going to happen. Like you, you, it's <laughs> massive improvement would be needed there. The good news is you set the bar really low, so uh, you have to beat a fifteen point three pass blocking grade. That's your that's your goal for for this week. And then Caleb Jones, one of my absolute favorites right now, uh, just because he's six foot nine, three hundred seventy pounds, and had a ninety one run blocking grade. Obviously, pass blocking is is the issue. I don't know his ceiling as a pass blocker, if we're just being completely honest, but. Um, you know, try to try to see if you can do a better job with that. On the de- defensive side of things, starting on the interior, again, I don't know which of the starters is actually going to be playing. I don't really need to see a ton. I would doubt Kenny's out there. If he is, I just hope he makes some kind of an impact because he's been real quiet through training camp. Uh, Dean and Jaron Reed, I don't really need to see a ton. Maybe a little bit from Jaron Reed because I'm still extremely skeptical about his abilities, even though his camp has been great. He's never really been a good defensive tackle in the NFL, despite all the hype. Um, as for the rest, though, the run defense has got to be better. I know it was real exciting at first, but at the end, everything just fell apart. Massive gaping holes all over the defensive line for guys to run through. 
The pass rush was phenomenal. TJ Slayton was a freaking force of nature. In fact, I believe, let me last time I checked, he was still number one um, of any defensive tackle in terms of win rate, at least as far as if you filter this out for, you know, 20% of the max. And look at, what are we looking at here? Yep, win rate still number one. TJ Slayton, 45.5%. And even if, if you filter it out even more to where you need to have had at least 10 pass rush attempts, the next highest was 33% by the Chicago Bears, Trev, uh, Trayvon Coley. It's actually a, uh, yeah, no, that would be that would be next. If there's no filters, DeForest Buckner was 60%, Donovan Jeter 50%, and Ty McGill 50%. But uh, Donovan Jeter, for example, had two attempts. Buckner had five, McGill had six. Slayton had 11. So I'm very excited about how disruptive they were, but they absolutely have got to be better as far as run defense goes. Our highest-graded defensive tackle was ranked 24th. That's Jack Heflin with a 66.9 overall grade. That was our best run defender. Um, the next highest was TJ Slayton. He ranked 106th with a 48.9 overall grade. So overall, as a unit, that's the biggest thing. On top of that, hopefully Devontae Wyatt plays. And, um, I mean, I know I should want just a well-rounded performance, run defense, pass rush, the whole thing. Got sh- Dude, I just want to see him crush quarterbacks. That's it. <laughs> I got a shiny new toy, man. I just want to cut it loose. You know, you, you go out and get a brand new flashy sports car. Yeah, I mean, handling matters and all that, but you want to get it on a straight line and just cut it loose. I just want to try it. just want to see what it can do, and then, then we'll worry about the rest of the stuff, you know, gas mileage and everything. Make sure it handles and whatnot. Make sure the AC works, you know. Um, looking at the edge rushers, Jonathan Garvin basically did his job, as far as I can tell. 82 pass rush grade. I can't be mad at that. You got one pressure on five attempts. That's 20%. 63 run defense grade. Again, he didn't get a lot of opportunities, but I can't be mad about any of this. The only thing he struggled with was coverage, and I couldn't care any less. Uh, Tipa, again, didn't really get a lot of opportunities because he was injured in that game, but he was off to an absolutely incredible start. He looks bigger than what he's listed at. Maybe he packed on a bunch of pounds, and I got to stop making fun of him for being a small guy. I'm not entirely sure, but... um, Just keep doing what it looked like you were about to do last week. Kingsley, the biggest issue is run defense. The pass rush was phenomenal. Three pressures on 21 attempts, including a sack, a hit, and a hurry. No complaints. Tackling grade, 73.6. Solid. Even a 60 coverage grade. I'll take that. But a 49.9 run defense grade, and that's kind of been the issue through training camp is you kind of getting washed out in certain things. And again, we we, we had talked about the possibilities of, of you being mostly a pass rush specialist, which I can still live with, but, you know, let, let's let's try to at least get into the 50s this week, if we could. That'd be cool. Uh, Ladarius didn't play, so we'll see if uh, he ends up making it. Chauncey didn't get a ton of opportunities, but he didn't do much with the ones he had, so you just got to make some kind of an impact. You know, run defense grade was bad, pass rush grade was bad, no pressures, no tackles, no nothing. It was zeros across the board. 17 snaps along the defensive line. Zero impact. So do something. And then Kobe Jones, I thought, was was basically perfect. Um, 15 attempts ended up getting a sack. Run defense grade was close to a 60. Tackling was solid. And then, again, considering what he did in Atlanta, you know, if you just compare the grades, 56 went up to a 64. His 45 run defense grade uh, last week was a 58. 34 tackling grade, 75. 62 pass rush grade up to a 66. Uh, didn't have any sacks last year. He got one already. Um, so everything 
has improved. And for a guy like Kobe Jones, that's really all you're looking for, I think. Um, inside linebackers, Quay, man, I just want to see something. I just want to see something. And I'm not, I'm not saying he didn't do anything. I'm not saying he did anything wrong or had a bad day at all. I'm just saying I'm, I'm excited about being excited about you. That's all. And so if we can get one little highlight to kind of sink our teeth into, whether that's a blitz, which he did have one opportunity and didn't get to the quarterback, or in coverage making a play, seven drops in, or seven plays in coverage, you weren't targeted once, which is great. I guess it's better to not be targeted at all than to be thrown at and break it up, but still. Uh, but then the, the biggest and most troubling thing would be, and, and only four snaps the entire game, but a 54 run defense grade, no tackles. So I'm hoping you just kind of make it up on the, uh, on the stat sheet somewhere. A tackle, pass breakup, something. Sack, hit, hurry. Chris Barnes, I mean, he's kind of the de facto next man up, in my opinion, so it's really just a matter of don't mess it up. He did have a 49 run defense grade, but um, that's never really been his issue. His issue was more in coverage, and he had a 76 coverage grade um, in this past game. So in my mind, that's, that's improvement. So just keep it coming. Uh, McDuffie had a phenomenal day. He was one of the better players on the entire team. 75 overall grade, 72 run defense, 80 tackling, 66 in coverage. I don't think you could have had a much better day, so it's just just do it again. Ty Summers um, also had a pretty good day. 65 coverage, 77 tackling, 62 run defense. Not really blowing the, the doors off, but if you look at his regular season grades last year, it was like 20s across the board. So it was really, really horrible. So um, we'll call this one a win. Two tackles and an assist, two stops, uh, no passes thrown at him. That's, that's a good day. Ray Wilborn, real obvious, man. Don't give up touchdowns. <laughs> 53 run defense grade, 75 tackling, 29 coverage grade. Two targets, two receptions, 27 yards, and a touchdown. 158.3 passer rating when targeted. That ain't going to cut it, man. So last year in the preseason with the Green Bay Packers, he had an 80 coverage grade. So he clearly has done better in the past. Um, definitely got to clean that up. And then finally for the linebackers, Ellis Brooks, again, just had a real good day. Actually generated a pressure on only two attempts, so that's solid. Um, one target, zero receptions in coverage, 70 run defense grade, 73 tackling grade. You had one tackle, no missed tackles or anything like that. And that one tackle was a stop. So it wasn't a uh, meaningless chase him down from behind kind of thing. So Ellis Brooks, another, another line, linebackers generally had a pretty good day. So just keep it up. Looking at the DBs, Rico Gafford had a real up-and-down game. I think overall, if it wasn't for that one horrible play, it would have been a pretty good day overall. But um, four targets, two receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown, that's not going to cut it. Now, again, 39 yards and a touchdown of that was one play. But um, just got to clean that up, man. I mean, that you could basically say the same thing about Kevin King, if we're being honest. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be good with Rico because I like Rico, but it wasn't that Kevin King was horrible on every single rep. It was that he would have a decent game and then give up a play like that. Can't do that. Shamar was clutch, man. I mean, just across the board. He was the Zach Tama defense, in my opinion. He, he just was all over the place. He was making tackles. Um, he lined up in a lot of different places. A lot, a lot of talk about him being in the, in the safety position, but he basically played slot the entire game. So I don't know why that's becoming a thing. Um, but no, it was it was fantastic for a guy that um, is potentially the next man up after you know Jair, Stokes, and uh, Razul. I think he's made some really good strides, and and maybe he solidified him, solidified himself as a slot guy. I don't know, but as far as I'm concerned, it was a perfect performance. 
Keyshawn Nixon, I also thought had a real good day, mostly like an enforcer out on the field. Um, it was four targets, four receptions, but only 27 yards. He had a 73 coverage grade, so they they thought he did a good job. Um, you'd still like to see those numbers come down overall. Four receptions is is not ideal, but um, South Carolina corners usually have a lot of pop to them, and and that showed up. He's a physical guy. Uh, Ennis Gaines, we didn't get a chance to see. Hopefully, we get to see him. Ento also had a pretty solid day. He ended up having a pass breakup, one target, and it was broken up. So that was phenomenal. Uh, two tackles, no missed tackles. So he, was, he did a great job tackling, great job in coverage. Just keep it up, man. And then finally at safety, um, you know, Vernon Scott is seen as the de facto next man up, but we've never really seen much from him. If you look at last year, his his preseason grades, he had a 66 overall grade, uh, 62 run defense grade, 65 coverage grade. This past game, 63 overall grade, 61 run defense grade, 61 coverage grade. I mean, he's been the most boring, vanilla... <laughs> Not good, not bad player ever. No targets, no receptions, no tackles. He played 15 snaps. So give me something, a little sense of life here. I'd love to see like a 70 run defense grade or coverage grade or something, some kind of a positive, hey, he did something really well. You know, that'd be nice. Sean Davis, 25 opportunities and, and not a single thing showed up on the box score. So again, just show something. Make a tackle, break up a pass, anything. 61 run defense grade, 62 coverage grade. Again, just kind of vanilla across the board. I know you've got some special teams aspirations and everything else, but something on defense would be cool. Uh, Levitt, I don't know if he's actually going to be playing or not. Did I say Innis before? Must have been looking at the wrong spot, but anyways. Tariq, um, again, I know it's mostly a special teams thing for Tariq, but 52 run defense grade is not ideal for a guy that's really seen to be a large-bodied safety that's basically a linebacker and just crushes people. So I'm hoping for a little bit better on the run defense front. I mean, the tackling was fine, so that wasn't an issue, and he actually did a great job with that. Four tackles, one stop. But uh, coverage, two targets, two receptions, 11 yards, and again, a 52 run defense grade. Would sure love to see something better than that. Special teams, I mean, the returners just need to keep doing what they're doing, right? Nobody dropped anything. Real nice-looking returns. The blocking, all that. Coverage units seem to be solid. The kicking was a problem. Pat O'Donnell needs to do a better job, flat out. And then as far as Ahmad Ramirez, try to make the field goals, I guess. That's all I can really ask. So that's about it. Those, those, are, the, those are the areas of improvement or the things that I would kind of hope to see for next week or, or this upcoming week, I guess. And not just in you know this upcoming preseason, but also training camp. You know, Positive pass-blocking reps from Sean Ryan are positive developments for Sean Ryan overall, no matter when it happens. But again, today's the day. So if you can stash any of those in the back of your mind as we go up against the New Orleans Saints the next couple days, and then obviously in that preseason game, those will be the biggest things moving forward in terms of these guys actually winning jobs and whatnot. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.